There have been many milestones in the history of planet Earth, like when the dinosaurs went extinct, and ice ages came and went, and the ancestors of humans first stood on two feet. Then there was that afternoon in Cleveland, Ohio. The crucial moment came in a cluttered garage, where a big man with a shaggy beard invented strange gadgets under the gaze of a row of watchers on a high windowsill. And that afternoon, the watchers were in despair. Their inventor had finally started to make something they could use, something that could elevate them from a hole-dwelling, crumb-hunting species to one that could rule the world. Then he stopped. The computer, they yelled at him. Finish our computer! But they yelled in sign language, and the inventor didn't see them and wouldn't have understood if he had seen them, so yelling didn't help. They could only watch as the human turned the computer over in his massive hands. Way too small for my fat fingers, he mumbled. Oh well, I can use the parts for other things. The watchers held their breath as the inventor reached for the tiny screwdriver that would pick the world's smallest computer apart and they almost turned blue when he stopped with the screwdriver in midair. Wait a minute, he muttered. I'll keep it for the wild child. And he gave a rumbling laugh that made his beard shake. I'll keep it for Megan. She can have some fun with it. As the watchers breathed again, the inventor parked the unfinished computer at the back of his workbench, turned out the lights in the garage, and went off to bed. When he was safely gone, the captain of Clan 1578 led his group down from the windowsill to gather on the workbench. He was aware of a dozen pairs of eyes fixed on him, waiting for his wisdom. What did he mean? asked one member of the clan. What's a megging? And are there really wild children out there? asked another. Young humans who have never been tamed? A few said the captain, not wanting to admit that he had no clue. Mostly meggings. Take your positions, guys. We'd better email the boss about this one. Twenty-five years before this story starts, the watchers wouldn't have recognized a computer if it bit them in the foot. Back then, mice didn't know about anything much, except how to avoid cats, hide from humans, and hunt for Cheerios in the houses where they lived. Then came the big breakthrough. It happened in Silicon Valley, California, where hundreds of computer companies were just starting up. And these companies were different. The people who worked there were young guys who wore jeans instead of suits and often ate food at their desks. Some of them didn't mind the fact that their leftover food attracted mice. Some of them even let the mice watch them work, day after day, week after week, month after month. And that's all it took. After months of watching, the mouse minds sprang to life, recognizing first one word on a screen, then another, then more, until in time these first mice learned to read and write well enough to use computers themselves. They taught their friends, who taught their friends, and soon mice throughout the world had their own version of the Internet, carefully protected by passwords from prying human eyes.
Now, mice could email each other and write their opinions in mouse blogs and post news about themselves on Mousebook and check facts in Whiskerpedia and take online courses on nutrition and safety and human behavior and world events. But there was a problem. Using human computers was a pain, and if there was a cat in the house, forget about it. There was no way mice could take their rightful place as the second most important species on the planet unless they had computers the right size. Computers they could use in privacy behind the walls.